Welcome, everybody, to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G. We are here for Season 3, Episode 3, with Sebastian Alvarez from Alvarez Construction. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so very much, Sebastian, for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I thank you guys for having me. Oh, it is it is truly our pleasure to have you on. I'm looking forward to learning more about your business, highlighting some of the amazing things you do, and also another interesting fact I learned about you just before the show Uh-oh. we're going to get into a little Uh-oh. bit. So it was from you, so it yeah, should be, okay. it should be okay. fine. I don't know how much research you're doing over there. <laughs> all of it, all of it. There's a whole team behind these walls. Good, good. This way it should be. But for those that are listening that may not be aware, what is Alvarez Construction? What do you do? So what, what, do, I, what do we do? So Alvarez Construction, we're a, a championship team uh, building communities for families here in Baton Rouge and uh, the North Shore and uh, in central Louisiana. Okay. So we actually not only build homes, but we're, we feel that we're really building communities for people to live in. Gotcha. Y'all build one-off homes like as remodels or no, is it so only we're, whole communities? We're whole communities. So yeah, so right now we're building in 10 active subdivisions and we have about, counted today with my brother, 13 active communities being developed for us. Gotcha. How do you, how do you get into that? I mean, that's, uh, when, when you think so about construction, it's like, oh, one-off, one, yeah, off, one I, building. How yeah. do you get into something well, that scale? J- just that simple, the way you just said it, the, a one-off. Like, uh, so we're, we've been in business for 30 years. So my, my father, he deceased in uh, 2013, uh, passed away. But, you know, we helped him build the construction business. And we started one little small home in, in Shenandoah. I was still a little kid. I was six, seven years old. And uh, he built one house and saw that it was, it was good. And then it was like, well, what if we build two? And that was good. And what if we build three? And then last year we built uh, 245. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when you go from one to two to three, it's, it's economies are easy to work yeah. with. When you go from 10 to a hundred, I mean, how do you plan? How do you get past that hump yeah. of really just yeah. exploding? Yeah. So, I mean, there is a couple humps within the construction industry. I mean, you know, uh, getting from one to two is a big hump, but uh, I really think that the, the barrier there is between you know, the 50 to 100. And then once you get to over 50 homes a year, then you are playing in a different space where, you know, cost, efficiency, markability, and and providing a, a high quality product all becomes part of the equation. Right. You know, so, and then so, and then the next big break would be 500 homes. And then again, you're playing in a different space. You know, yeah. with other builders. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're playing a whole different ball game when you go to say, hey, let's develop multiple communities at one time. Yeah. Because then you also have to worry about how do we make these homes unique yep. for each family that lives here. Because, yep. I mean, in real estate and in construction, you're not just building this building that's going to be occupied. You're building right. a uh-huh. home. Yeah. So what, what we really focus on, too, is that a lot of construction companies can paint a room yeah. and they can... Uh, get nice appliances, and they can build nice floors. But what we're really focused on and what sets us apart is that customer experience. I think that's the big next step that I think everyone is looking for in, in their business is how do I interact with the client? How does the client interact with me? And how do we make that easy for everyone? You know, despite, you know, now COVID, we have that. So that that's a whole other space that we need to analyze and think about. But it's not just providing a, a quality home because I feel that a lot of people can do that. It's how do you do a, a quality home and make the experience something that's enjoyable, memorable, and happy. 
right? hundred yeah. percent. I was having the com- this conversation the other day with a colleague of mine. When you look at where technology is and where technology is going and where products are getting, a house is a house is a house. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what everybody is in, the type of business everyone's in, regardless of your occupation, you're in customer service. Absolutely. You're, you're in customer service that whatever you do, the end result and how you interact with that customer from yeah. day one yeah. is really your business. Yeah. You're not in a business of building a home. You're in a business of helping a family live their life. Yeah. And you ha- really have to analyze that customer experience. It's just it, one example that I was mentioning the other day to someone was now you're in a grocery line and there's two people ahead of you and you're, you're kind of mad. Like who's, who's running this? Like, what, why am I waiting in line? Like, what's the problem here? Like, I'm just trying to check out. Yeah. And so now we're in a society where people want to uh, uh, be in the comfort of their home, comfort of their own home, see what they're buying, see what they're purchasing, but now they're analyzing the experience. You know, so that's the huge component. A- absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, anything from somebody moving out of their existing home yeah. to go into their new home, if it's not a enjoyable experience from the whole beginning to the end. Every single component of it. And it goes back to writing reviews. Yeah. <laughs> people, were... the second you mess up, the second you do something bad, people are going to social media. Yeah, so, They're going to Google, yeah, whatever it is, yeah. to just trash yeah, you. So we're... we're we actually try to buffer as much as that in our business. So we actually have a four-point survey system throughout the whole construction process that allows us to see how that customer is responding and so we can make adjustments immediately. So wow. you, you buy with us uh, and then you have a, mid, a, a mid-construction survey that sets it off. And then you have a, a, a move-in survey mid-year sur- uh, mid-year survey and an end-year survey so we're we're analyzing all those ticks trying to uh, make sure that the customer is taken care of before that review right because there's <laughs> before so before the end game before yeah. the end game because so many it's so easy now to grab your phone and, and and make a review you go into a restaurant and the toilet's dirty i mean two seconds later on your phone but you know you're giving yeah. a bad review yeah. so yeah. it's important to engage the clients and make sure you're doing the right thing the entire time. 100%. Yeah. It's it's just like when you can look at a, a restaurant or a service industry, yeah. having the manager walk around table to table. Hey, how's your food? That's, Is it cooked to your yeah. satisfaction? Yeah. Is it cooked to your liking? Yeah. Is there anything we can do better? Yeah. Seeing that in the construction world, hey, are you happy with how the plans were delivered today? Yeah. Are yeah. you happy with the time yeah. of our meeting today? It's just taking each step as it yeah. comes it, and then better and improving yourself for the next step. Yeah. So we do a couple important things too is that, you know, we're, we tell everybody, you know, have we met your commitments? So whenever you're buying a house from Alvarez Construction throughout the process, you're hearing from the sales manager, you're hearing, hearing from the project manager, you're getting short 15-minute clips throughout the construction of your process. Hey, look, we're just about to start sheetrock this week. You know, well, we have inspections coming up. You know, the house is clean. You know, uh, let me know if we have not met your commitments. And we shoot that email. I mean, that's part of that customer experience. It's, it's, it's hugely important. It makes... People feel like they're, you know, paid attention to. Yeah, it makes them feel like a customer. Yeah, it makes them feel like a client at instead the end of, of the a day. number. Yeah, you know, because when you, when you look at it, you're doing, you know, like you said, two hundred something homes a year. Yeah. You have to find a way, an effective and an efficient way to be that person, person yep. for two hundred people. Yep. You know, and it's how do we go from Joe to Susie to Alice to yep. you know Barry? How do yeah. we get through all these people? the same way. Mm-hmm. And then more importantly, how do we tell people yeah. we do this? Right. 
That's it. How, how here do we, we commu- and here, here we, we are. are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> here we are. We had that conversation before we started. I mean, it, all this is so important. Yeah. yeah, it's it's effectively communicating. Hey, by the way, we yeah. do send a follow up email. Right. We do sit down with you and go over all these plans. Right. And social media is a so important avenue to take when you're trying to expose that. When right. you're trying to tell people, hey, we're not just your normal construction company. Right. We're somebody that's going to sit down with right. you. We're going to take you a step of the way. Yeah. You're not you're not a house to us. You're a right. person. Right. No, you it's know? true. And the flip side of, of reviews and always joke in the office, like, so, you know, sometimes things might go wrong and we, we might get a bad review. The thing is, is there's truth behind everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a big advocate of, you know, w- words have meaning. So no matter who says what, there's words coming out of someone's mouth. There's some sort of meaning, meaning somewhere in there that something needs to be corrected, something needs to be taken care of. So y- you can look at all the great reviews and ignore the bad reviews, that's a huge mistake. Absolutely. You know, focus on what's going wrong and fix it and do it quickly. Yeah. Do you have a good fail recovery plan in place? Right. Can you take that bad experience, flip it, and have the person come back and leave another review underneath theirs and say, okay, so first off, yeah, the house collapsed when I walked in, (laughs) but here's what they did to fix fix it. it. Yeah, we fixed (laughs) the collapsed house. No, that's not true. (laughs) But like, it's, it's, they they were mean. They were rude to right. me today. But then right. they called me and said, "Look, we're so sorry." Yeah, yeah. And they explained it, and then it was able to work yeah. through it. You're able to fix that in right. real time. And I mean, Google, Yelp, whatever review yeah. system you're on, it is so important yeah. that you're treating those bads equal with the goods. You know, the goods great. Thank you so much for yeah, yeah. leaving us that review. Yeah. Why'd you leave it? Right. You know, that's right. asking someone why they left the review, good or bad, is a metric every company should have. Right. Right. You know. Yeah, we, we respond to just about every every survey. You know, we're, we're, we have a actually a, a system in place. If a survey comes in, you know, where we don't like it and it's above an average review or an average plus a couple points, I mean, we're, we're, we're asking the client, hey, how can we help? You know, right. and, and if you have any business owners out there that are doing reviews, I suggest that put the uh, contact me because some people will, will, will say review and then they, you don't give them the option of them telling you that they actually want to be contacted. So we have in all our surveys that contact me, which means this person wants to talk to you. And uh, that's the problem with some businesses. You can survey and you can do reviews. And, but then if you're not communicating to them that you actually want to talk to a, a real person to discuss some of the, I mean, just that has changed some of our our that relationship with our clients drastically, yes. allowing them the mechanism to tell us in a formal way, hey, I want someone to call me. Yeah, it's that follow-up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Having that follow-up, it's not just I filled a form and then right. moved on from there. Right. So how did how did you get here? You know, your your dad started this yeah. so long ago. Yeah. How, so, did, how did, what, what were the past, what kind of a kid were you, man? Uh, man, I was curious kid. I was a curious kid. So, you know, how do I get here first? I, you know, my family, you know, my, my brother, uh, his wife, my wife, uh, my sister, my mom, uh, my sister's husband. Like we're just a family unit. We have a huge team in place. We've grown the team. So I didn't do this by myself completely. So there's a huge team in place. So, but uh, going back to you know what I did, I was just a curious kid. Like I was always just reading people, monitoring things. Like just quiet. You know, uh, my my dad would always 
laugh that, that on the way home from school or work, I would see someone's like vacuum cleaner out in the, in the street and I would like get the vacuum cleaner and I would like bring it home and take it all apart, put it all back together. And then, you know, th- those are some memories of what kind of kid I was. I was maybe a little rambunctious and, <laughs> and I was just always curious. I was, I was the kid that was out past the street lights. My mom was out there honking the horn, trying to get me back inside and, you know, right. you know um, ride my bike and doing all that stuff. So, you know, um, I kind of came from that, that type of upbringing, you know, parents letting you out and run around and, and coming back and, you know, spending time with the family and then, um, Went to uh, Most Blessed Sacrament, went to Bishop Sullivan High, uh, High School, now St. Michael's. And then, you know, uh, by that time in, in high school, so my dad started the construction company in 1991. Uh, we were actually immigrants from Columbia, South America. Uh, we actually started an ice cream shop called Umbrellas whenever we came, because whenever we came from Columbia, it was a, during the 80s, so it was a big recession. Okay. And so there was intentions for my dad to start building then, but it was dead. Like there was nothing. So, so why an ice cream shop? Because that, my dad had an accounting degree and my dad knew he had to like, okay, sell something. <laughs> right. And so he's like uh, researching Baton Rouge. My mom happened to have a sister in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana here. And, and LSU was booming at that time in student housing and Gardier Lane had this big promise to be this LSU student housing you know, Mecca. And, uh, so we had an ice cream shop there off of Gardier, uh, struggled. You know, I remember seeing my dad struggling it, you know, every, every night working till 11, you know, trying to meditate and get his mind right and trying to get through the struggles of, of, of owning an ice cream shop in Baton Rouge. And finally got some success there. And we moved to Sherwood Forest, the Umbrellas ice cream shop. And, uh, seven years later on a Thanksgiving evening, uh, he closed it up. He couldn't make it, but it, it was a blessing in disguise. It's one of those things that we do every day. We look around and, you know, all had a reason. He made all his construction contacts through selling. Yeah. Selling ice cream. Okay, great. Uh, David Richardson, big builder, his dad, Bob Richardson was one of my dad's regulars. All these businesses have, who knows that he, he his dad loved ice cream and pull boys and stuff like that. And yeah. so, uh, Dad met title attorneys, insurance agents, builders, suppliers, all through the ice cream shop, kept tabs. And so whenever he closed his shop, he called on Bob Richardson and Bob Richardson said, hey, look, Mr. Alvarez, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna help you. You need to do this. Here's a list of subcontractors. This is where you need to buy your materials. This is where you need to buy a lot. And we kind of started there, you know, wow. so I got to see all of that, Yeah, you know, so uh, and then after high school well, during high school. Uh, dad was, was, we were just doing maybe like four or five homes a year. And at that time, like my dad, my sister, my mom, and I were still helping like clean the houses that we were selling. Like I was picking up trash and moving dirt, you know, piles of trash from one side of the construction site to the other. And, you know, my, my brother was, uh, in like superintendent or he was more, more in operations at the beginning. And uh, my sister always managed the accounting side of things. And so uh, one time my, we were, my dad was like doing the landscapes for the house. And the dad was like, hey, look, uh, you have a thousand. I'm going to give you a thousand dollars. Like, what do you mean, dad? You know, he's like, well, look, we're going to go buy plants at this nursery. I'll give you a thousand dollars. With those thousand dollars, you're going to buy some plants. I said, OK, cool. And then you're going to use those thousand dollars to help. Find your friends at Bishop. It was like four, 
five friends of mine, you're going to get the plants, you're going to bring them to one of the houses that we're going to sell, you're going to plant the plants, and whatever's left over, you get to keep. I was like, okay, that's a cool deal. And so we, I started landscaping. Buys one rose bush. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So like, well, we don't, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. You know, uh, eventually it led to a career in landscape architecture, but I didn't know what I was doing. But uh, I started figuring out that like, you know, that plant doesn't look right right there. So maybe we need to move it here. There's a window here. So we started doing that. And then, you know, one house and then the next house. And I was like, okay, cool. This is my budget that dad's given me to buy plants. So maybe I'll buy three less plants on the next one, but I'm going to make it look really good. Maybe I don't need three guys. I can do it with two and I'll work a little bit harder. And so it, it all started kind of coming together. And then towards the end of my high school career, I, I didn't really even know about landscape architecture. <laughs> and then it was Max Conrad's class. And my landscape buddies are, are watching. They're, they're laughing over there about Max Conrad. I took, I had a, in, I took I Introduction took to Conrad. Landscape I Architecture. That. I think yes. every LSU student finds out the easiest class on campus <laughs> is Max's class. It, yeah, my, my wife and I took that. Yeah through LSU we took it together and it was it was yeah. an interesting class yeah, Max that, is, that, end, that end of the year project was actually pretty fun I'm not yeah, gonna lie yeah. as an accountant I, yeah. I kind of enjoyed, enjoyed that, it, that yeah. end of the year project yeah. so yeah Max Max is a fantastic guy and so anyway I, I was like all right well I, there's a career in this there's I'm actually planting plants for my family's business there's a career in it so I'm gonna run with that and then I did the five-year program at LSU and then when I got out of LSU, I was just, uh, my family, we were just getting into uh, trying to get out of that custom market. And uh, that was 2005. And in 2007, we actually, well, 2006, we bought our first 72 lots, Hidden Ridge off of Stumberg Lane. Wow. So that was like the big deal where, where I told you that 70 lots kind of puts you in a whole different ball game 50 50 lots so what like what what is it about that number that puts you in a different ball game? Uh, because you have to build on efficiency like okay. you you have to have a set amount of floor plans you have to be able to market this to the public you have to make a quality product that people like a- affordable product you have to measure your costs then you're talking about scheduling then you're talking about resources of how many framing carpenters am i gonna you know so how many roofing companies am i gonna you know, what is the cost? Like, where do I get the price break? Do I get the price break at two houses a year or 50 houses a year? So it, it, it kind of gets into a different space. So then once we started that, you know, then we started looking into land development. And so like my degree in landscape architecture was really nice because at LSU, there is a big emphasis on land planning. And mm-hmm. so that's where I like ate it all up. Yeah. You know, land planning and designing subdivisions. So I was lucky enough that the, the, the moment that I graduated LSU, I had a good, you know, two years of learning the construction business a little bit better, more, uh, more in detail. And then we started developing property. And then I was realizing that, hey, you know, it's neat because now I get to design and work with engineers and also have landscape architects around me to design the subdivision. So it gives me a unique perspective now going forward, even though right now, Alvarez, we're not developing communities. There's other developers doing that, but it helps me shape the relationship between the developers and kind of show them the vision for what we want for the company. Yeah. That's, that's, so that's incredible. In a nutshell, that's kind of, I guess, you know, where <laughs> How I'm How you got here. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. So, and right. so do you still continue to landscape business today? Yeah, so um, 
that little landscape business has continued over the years. Uh, it's, it stopped for a little while while, while I was at LSU, at LSU cause I was concentrating on my studies. Uh, I had smart the, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you had to, yeah. Like I couldn't do it, especially landscape architecture. All, all everybody that worked and, and tried to do that program, like hats off. I mean, it was, it was a bear cause you never slept. Right. And so I was able to concentrate. And then as soon as I got out, you know, I was able to formulate a team and really do the landscape stuff and, you know, been able to scale that, uh, through the landscape, concrete operations, grading, and also stormwater prevention, you know, helping keep the subdivisions clean from being right. muddy and all that stuff. So we, we have a, a probably in the landscape, probably about mm, about 45 people that work for, for Flora. Flora is the landscape company. Okay, yeah. Flora, got it. Yeah. So how is it, I mean, you're not really doing a, a juggling act because they kind of go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. Because you've got a sub that you know is going to yeah. do the, 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 yeah. con, the landscaping work. Yeah. But how do you go, you know, from having your own business that's being operated successfully to now kind of getting back into the family business while maintaining that original business you started? Uh, understanding what is more important. So if you are trying to juggle two businesses, I mean, you have to realize which one is the more important. And I think that you, you, you have to understand where your responsibility lies, right? So for me, you know, uh, even though I love the landscape part of things and it's a successful business, I mean, you know, I have to focus on the Alvarez construction side of things the majority of the time. And right. we talked about the bus test I was, today. I was just about to go into the bus I'll, test. I'll let you lead that segue if you want. So w within that, you've got balancing your landscaping company, you've got Alvarez company, but at the same time, they both have to be able to run without you there. Yeah. What type of steps or protocols or procedures yeah. do you put in place? Some would call them. Yeah. I heard somebody saying about this afternoon, you know, somebody told me there's a bus test. Or yeah, something. that's me. A bus What's test. a bus test? Yeah, a bus test is what if what do you do if you get hit by a bus? Well, hopefully you've lived. Yeah, but, yeah right, you know. right, right, right. <laughs> no, but I mean in in seriously, you know, in 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 terms of running a business, I right. mean the problem the problem that you find with business owners that find themselves overwhelmed and they start losing that that love that they have for their business is because everything rolls uphill like you really think as a business owner a lot of people think that the shit rolls downhill but it's actually it, opposite yeah as an entrepreneur you're the, you're, you're, you're the leader the, you're, you're the head you're of it. the company you're the head of everything that goes wrong yeah yeah so everything every look my brother just commented so that's pretty neat I'm, I'm, he's watching me so that's neat. That makes uh, makes me feel good. But anyway, yeah, you got the bus test. You have to be able to operate. You have a big responsibility to your family. I have my wife yeah. and my kid and my family, you know, and the people running the business. I mean, if something happens to me, we did a a, a quick study with with Moises, my guy that, that that manages all my field operations for for the landscape company, and we said, how many mouths do we feed? Hmm. Like, have you ever thought about the, that question? That's a that's a yeah. Like you got like you're you're producing, you got this show, you got people filming us right now. Uh -huh. You know? So th that that's the yeah. question is you have a huge responsibility to feed. So we did that study. It was close to 400 people that my landscape wow. company feeds. That's just food because, well, because you, you've got their families. You got their families. You know, like, so, like we may have like flashbang productions here today, right. but they also have their yeah. families back yeah. at home yeah. that they have to exactly. feed. Exactly. So and it's not just the husband, the mother, and the kid, but the mother has a sister, which is the sister-in-law, so she needs help. 
So yeah. I mean, it starts bleeding into a whole whole bunch. And of you things. have no idea their their situation. You don't you, know. You don't know what's going yeah. on in their life, yeah. especially when you when you, when yeah. you have forty five employees. It's challenging yeah. to know every single detail yeah. about every one every, of their lives. Yeah. So going back to the bus test, I mean, that's just important. I mean, you, what you create, you should be able to sustain it without you because it's a huge responsibility. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So we always joke around as the, as the bus test. You know, hey, you're coming up with a new protocol or procedure or process. Okay, great. So how are you going to map that out? How are you going to put it on paper? And whenever you take a two weeks vacation, who's going to do that for you? Yeah. Because you need to start training them to do it. Right. So that's kind of part of it. And that allows you to free up some of your time to be able to grow your business in yeah. other aspects. It frees up not only your time, but your mental yeah. energy. Yeah. We don't, I think the conversation that we kind of don't have enough is the mental energy it takes, yeah. even on a task you're not doing. Trust me. You know, while, yeah. while I'm sitting here having a conversation with you recording yeah. this podcast, yeah. my mental energy is also absorbed in a hundred different yeah. other things as yeah. yours is, yeah. I'm yeah. certain. You know, well, it's, you've it got would, kids at the house, your business, everything. It, that's a crazy fact. I mean, <laughs> I think it, it, it's like almost like, 40% of your energy of your human body energy is spent like through, just through thinking your yeah. brain, yeah. you know, so it does exhaust it. So you have to be able to scale. I mean, that's the big word, right? Is the right. scale. And, uh, people think it's a real easy thing to do. It, it's like, uh, no. it's moving the sail of a big ship and it just takes a long time to, to do that and get everybody else's buy-in. Yeah, you, you, know, you have to have people that believe, yeah, they believe in the in system. Mm-hmm. They believe in the mission yep. behind the company yep. to want to put forth the yep. effort to, if you do get hit by a bus, yeah. to take those ropes yep. and go off and yep. do what you need to do. Yep. So my, my follow-up question to that is, yep. have you tested it? Have I tested the have bus? You, have you uh, like decided, hey, one week, yeah. honey, we're going to go on vacation for a week. Not, I'm going to turn my phone off. No. And we're going to have no communications yeah, and we're so, going to see what happens. But I, I tell you, so, uh, and I'll, I'll give you an honest answer for this. Uh, we, in 2019 of October, 2019, my brother, sister and I, we had like the awakening, right? We're mm-hmm. going to really grow the team correctly. We're going to have the, the correct people in the correct positions doing the correct things and and everything's going to be fine. And we're going to start freeing up our time to do our hobbies or do whatever. And can I tell you, for, for me personally, like doing that scaling, I could now go ride my bike because I love to ride my bike. I, I could do that more often than I, than I, than I can now. But, right. But now it's burned a really big fire in me as a person loving my business so much more because I see the happiness of everybody else around me. So it's like, man, scaling also brings a little bit of enjoyment, not only to me, but all the others around me knowing, hey, you can take care of this. And it gives other people to, to put their all in that whatever it takes mentality to get some of those things done and, and, and prove themselves that they're capable people. And that helps them in their, jo- their role and their job position. So it's, it's important. It, it gives purpose to people. Yeah, 100%. You know? It I've seen some images recently on like LinkedIn or something they're talking about what's the difference between a boss and a leader. You know, and they have this imagery one's pushing one well, one, one, yeah. one sitting on this on this behind this desk yeah. with these three people in yeah, front I've of him that. pulling this rope. And it's like this is your this is a boss. Yeah. A leader is somebody who's <clears> off of that in the front of everybody yeah. pulling, pulling the yeah. desk behind them yep. with everybody yep. else. I've seen you know, that many times having that mentality as a business owner is huge because when you're down in the dirty and you're down doing everything with your employees, yeah. 
they have a better appreciation of who you are yeah. and they have a better fulfillment in that the yeah. business they're working for is working yeah. right alongside well, them. Well, and the two, the thing is too, is I've hired the person that has worked for the boss on the opposite side of that picture. Yeah. Right. It's like, Hey, uh, I'm trying to get this things done, but my boss has been like dunk cutting for like the past four <laughs> weeks, you know, or like he's no longer in his business. He no longer, no longer wants to grow it. So even you have to be careful with the employee side of things because then they're like, well, if my boss is not interested, then maybe I need to find a boss that is interested. So right. it's, it's a big balance. I mean, you have to think about all those things. It goes back to knowing your team as best you can, yeah. knowing what motivate, mot- motivates them, what drives them. You know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah, sure, with him. Absolutely. He, before COVID, would have like 15-minute interview sessions with his employees and try to meet with them once a year. Yeah. Every employee. Yeah. He would try to have a sit down of 15 minutes with whether it be the janitor yeah. or the CFO and say, Hey, makes sense. how are you doing? Yeah. Well, I, I'm big with that. I, I, uh, you know, I, I do check-ins or, you know, a lot of people think of job reviews or, you know, sitting in an office and, and talking about the job position every year. And you're like, for me personally, the people that report, like I'm a, I'm constantly checking in. How right. are you? How are you doing? Hey, how's your wife? How's your kids? You know, that's important yeah. because, hey, look, we're all in this like thing called life together. And it's not only like work and life, but just how are you doing? And it it's it's there's you can't describe that feeling as a as an employer to make your employees happy just by asking, hey, how are you doing today? Exactly. Hey, I see you're a little bit down today. What's going on? Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's having that follow up question yeah. of your initial conversation being, "Hey, how you, how are you doing? How's right. things going?" It's okay. What can I do to help? Right. No. You know, and, then, what, and what can I do to make? Well, better? that's big too. So you know, we have uh, you know uh, uh, above the line principles at our office, and that's one of the big things too. Is you know, um, uh, ask the question. It's one of our yeah. principles. Is like you know, um, ask the question like, "What other coaching do I need? What other training do I need?" So we're always asking, you know. How's the employee doing? And we go back to our above the line principles to kind of help shape how we interact with not only our clients, but also our, our clients too. Yeah. That's, and that's huge. And I want to, I want to kind of move into, you talked a little bit about bike riding and yeah. how, you, how you enjoy doing yeah. that, Yeah, but there's also another, uh, a charity aspect yeah. of Alvarez yeah, sure. that I want to, I want to get into. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll start with the bike riding first. Absolutely. You, you mentioned before the show, there was some fundraiser yeah, that you so do. It's called the no such thing as impossible bike ride. So my dad, before he passed away, he wrote a book called no such thing as impossible. Okay. <clears throat> so it's a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, like our motto at, at, at our office and in our family, like no such thing as impossible. Cause there's no such thing as impossible. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you there know, there is no trial. There, we do. Right. So, <laughs> so, you know, uh, we, I'm a board member for McMain's, uh, children's developmental center. So that's a little center that is, uh, true to my, my heart. And so every year we have a bike ride to raise funds for kids that need a bike because they have several palsy or they have some physical disability. So what that does is, is, uh, some kids don't have the ability to pedal a bike with their legs. So we actually adapt a bike that they can pedal with their hands, or if they have a, a, a spinal issue where they have to sit up straight, you know, we can adjust them. Um, and, you know, some kids might not have hands, so we can figure out, you know, how to make a bike. It's especially adaptive bike for, for the, so we have over 175 of those bikes in the community. So that, that bike ride, we raise about $30,000 a year that goes to McMaines for a special program 
called Wheels to Succeed. That's incredible. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's I it's, love it. it. It's it's amazing to see something you're so passionate yeah. about. You know, I, you love riding bikes. Yeah, it's amazing to see a way to give back in the community yeah. with what you love. Well, I mean, talking about bikes, I, do you remember the color of your first bike? Color of my first bike was red. Right. Perfect. So, why can't other kids have that experience? Just because you have a physical disability, you know, you can still have that experience. Um, these parents are trying to figure out how to get their kids to the bathroom. Let's get them a bike. Yeah. I mean, they're they're dealing with things that are so much more difficult than riding a bike. They can't afford to buy a four thousand dollar adaptive bike. So, you know, my my personal mission is that you know every kid should have the opportunity to ride a bike. So, I'll stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it's it's like you said, the parents have so much more to worry about. Yeah, that. What a kid loves to do, I mean, as kids, bike riding, you know, yeah. it's just one of those yeah. things that we love doing as yeah. kids yeah. and parents shouldn't have to have that as their sole focus when they have other concerns right. about their children, right. you know. So we make that that easy. So if you have a kid with adapted needs, contact McMain's Children's Developmental Center. We'll get them on the list and we'll get them a bike for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But in, in addition to that, <laughs> there, there's also another avenue of y'all's. I'm not sure if it's, it's uh, a chari- charitable work within St. Jude. Right. So, yeah. So I think that to, to kind of give some more historical background with our charity work, you know, uh, going back to, to I'm, I'm going back to my dad a lot. But yeah, absolutely. I, I say it's, it's our family. Uh, we believe that helping kids helps move humanity forward a lot. You know, if you can help kids from a young age. It, it helps a lot of socioeconomic issues, you know, uh, bad mentorship that's around out there, physical disabilities, you know, cancer. So that's a big one for us. You know, uh, our, our family, the cancer word has, has, has come up a lot. So we feel that it's our responsibility to help raise money for St. Jude uh, to help uh, cure cancer. That's a big goal. Right. But I mean, I think that's kind of why that no such thing is impossible. We love the challenge of St. Jude because their mission is to cure cancer. Holy crap. Like, <laughs> how, how do you do that? That Yeah, that that's a mission. Yeah, it's a mission. So like now it's like almost 80% of the kids that go into St. Jude now cured. I mean, 80%. We all know medical percentages are like much more magnified. But yeah. yeah, and that, that that's incredible to see, you know, Generally, when people get involved in charity, it's because it's near and dear to their heart, yeah. you yeah. know, and it's finding what is near and dear to your heart and that is going feet yeah. first in yeah. and doing whatever you can to make an impact yeah. because over time it does make an impact. Yeah. You know, people are worried about, oh, I can't do this because it's, you know, it's so small of a gesture, but yeah. every little gesture, Helps. regardless yeah. of the size, yeah. will reap ex- exponential yeah. rewards. So what we do for the St. Jude House is... Again, I'm not going to credit just us, Alvarez Construction, that we do this. It's not like we're, we're writing a check, right? I mean, we have trade partners that donate their time and their money to build these houses for literally at no cost. Yeah. And then what we do is St. Jude raffles those homes, and then the proceeds from the raffle goes to the hospital, which is now up to over $2 million a day it takes wow. to run that hospital. It's bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre. That's that's yeah. crazy, though. Yeah. So y'all, y'all are actually going in there and building... The home yeah. for St. Jude. Yeah, so we coordinate everything. So if you were a, a sheetrock finisher, I would come and approach you and say, hey, look, we're building this house for St. Jude. Will you donate your labor? 
And I would go to the sheetrock supplier and say, hey, we donate the material and then just coordinate that whole symphony along the whole route of construction. And we try to build a house. Yeah. Well, you don't try. You succeed. Well, we succeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long have you all been doing this with them? We are with St. Jude. Oh, man. I wish my brother and sister were here. I think we're on our 23rd year. Wow. Yeah. So we've raised over $20 million. Wow. Yeah. That's, that, that's just incredible alone. It's only about 20 days. I know, but yeah, you see, it, it's yeah. a small thing. It's, it's right? a small thing. Yeah. 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 But it's just, it puts things into scale. Right. You, you know? know, so if you have 10 people like y'all doing that, yeah. then you're yeah. able to help. Well, yeah. So, further the program. so St. Jude has, uh, well, there's one in Lafayette. I believe there's one in New Orleans, one in Baton Rouge, and there's all over the country. I mean, the St. Jude Dream Home is huge around the nation, and, and they've really found a lot of success in that. Yeah. Because it, you know, St. Jude and, it's interesting. St. Jude is 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 just recognizable all over the globe, you know, and, and it's just if you have anything that you want to donate to and it, it makes you sleep good at night, knowing that the dollars make sense, you know, St. Jude is really a great charity. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. Um, my my sister in law and the family, they've they've done a great deal with them. So yeah. they're super excited yeah. and super welcoming of all yeah. the St. Jude things. Yeah. So yeah, thank yeah. you yeah. for everything you've done with them. Yeah, it's, everybody, it's huge. yeah, everybody else. I, again, we just coordinate it, you know, and 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 we love to give. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've you you've done a lot from being in a family business to running the family business while still running a other business that kind of goes along with it. I'm sure you've kind of gathered some lessons, you know, throughout this time, being an entrepreneur, being a leader, being a business manager. What are three lessons that you've kind of gathered over these years? Uh, pay attention. I think that's a big lesson. Pay attention to how people react around you. I think that's a good compass of how you're performing. You know, I think that's a good audit. Like if the people around you aren't really happy, then you're not your goals that you're trying to achieve aren't correct. Right. Maybe you need to reshuffle around. Yeah. Every, you know? Everybody's in the same boat. Yeah. If some people aren't yeah. happy paddling, yeah. you need to figure yeah. out why. Yeah. I think uh, also is trying to inspire others for the, the, the whatever it takes type of mentality. And, and, and when I say that is you really need to find people that are passionate and what you're trying to accomplish, that they're also passionate. Because if you have somebody that's not passionate about what they're doing towards your goal, it's bad for their life. 100%. You, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. really easy for a, a manager, an owner to keep people that they see that they're not happy, but it's that hard conversation of is like, how happy are you? And yeah. I mean, you know, you have great talents as an individual and as a person on this planet. You know, let's talk about that. And uh, so you're the you're the third episode of 2021. Okay, all three episodes have talked about passion, yeah. in some form or fashion, yeah. yeah. You know, and that's just it's so true. Yeah. Whether you're an entrepreneur trying to get something off the ground yeah. for the very first time, yeah, or you're like your dad, you yeah. had a business yeah. that failed, yeah, and now you have to rebuild yeah. and start something new. Yeah. You've got to find that passion. Yeah. You got to find that. Yeah thing that wakes you up in the morning and gets you going. But I think that there's a, there's a flip side to that too. And maybe this is my, my third thing, yeah. you know, uh, maybe it's not so much the, pa like you have to have a, a passion, I guess, to do the things that you don't want to do. Right. Um, you, I don't think everybody wakes up in the morning and say, God, I just want to like <laughs> go do all this stuff all at once. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, there's a, there's a pleasure in doing the things that you don't want to do. Um, 
but it, if you keep your eyes on the horizon and and what the end game is, which is your family, your friends, and who you want to take care of, that that's the passion, right? The passion is what do you want to do with what with, what do you want to do with what you do, you right. know, and who do you want to help, yeah. you know. All the other stuff is just an um, uh, ends to the means, you know. Uh, so you know uh, that's one thing you have to have passion uh, for what you want to do, but also be acceptant of uh, be accept the things that you don't like to do as trying to get to where you need to go. Yeah, you it's know? part I mean, of part of the process. Yeah, it's a, it's a welcome to your life. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Welcome to your life. Exactly. I mean, that goes back to the family business dynamic yeah. that you grew up in, yeah. having a clean house after house after yeah. house. I'm sure as a, yeah. whatever age you were, yeah. that's probably not how you wanted to spend no. your time. Mm-hmm. You'd rather go pick up a vacuum, take yeah. it apart and put it back right. together or right. go ride a bike. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's understanding that all that is necessary to get to the end goal. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. I can't say it better. I mean, you said it better than me. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, well, with, with all this happening, you know, with construction, you're building all these homes, you're building 200 homes, 300 homes, 500 homes, whatever it may, the number 245 may be. last year, and I'm building 400 homes this year. That's 400 homes this year. Not me, the company. Yeah, the company. Together right. as a team. Right, as a family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. We're on the 400 choo-choo train, so if my staff's watching, we're going to do it. Got it. Hey, yeah. the year yeah. just started, man. Yeah. Only 11 yeah. days in. Yeah. But within that, it's you've kind of been around the Baton Rouge area for the most part, right? Oh, my whole life, yeah. What has kept you here? I mean, what do you what do you love about Baton Rouge? It, Baton Rouge has done so much for us as a company. I mean, I, you know what I mean. It's just uh, we've we've been lucky enough to find opportunity here, and I think that that's one of the things that that we don't do. We don't like skip out on opportunity, right? So, um, of course, there's the culture and and everything. You know, I I don't know anything different you know um but uh the economy here the people here has it's been so good to us so i don't know how i can put that 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 answer in in one one sentence but you know why here uh because my dad felt like he could make it anywhere and so i kind of feel the same way and my family's here and my wife's here and my three-year-old daughter's here and so you know this is it right i mean it's the the question I always kind of go back to in my head is how do we how do we tell people in words and put forth hey hey this is how great Baton Rouge yeah. is you know yeah. come see us come stay here yeah. you know because it's re- retention of college graduates or even people when they get to a roadblock within their career they say oh, I'm gonna move and move start out. start all over yeah, again well I got a little story about that when I was in landscape architecture I spent five years developing relationships with some of the most talented people and friends and the the day after graduation boom oops excuse me everybody left yeah that's that's and that story is, 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 is common yeah that story is so common yeah. you know when i was at lsu and in all my entrepreneurship classes and we went to seattle for a trip we got to tour and go to amazon you know and go check out all these really cool places yeah and everybody says oh i want to move here well and i'm like what yeah. why yeah well, I mean, the thing is, is I, I believe people think that opportunity is elsewhere, but sometimes it, it's not. I mean, it's it's just, it's where you're at and what you want to make and how you approach that mentality. Because if you keep on thinking, oh, well, I'm going to go to Austin and I'm going to make it there, or I'm going to go to Houston, 
or I'm going to go to New York or I'm going to go to LA. Like uh, you're going to get there. You may or may not make it, but then there's going to be another thing. Well, I'm going to go make it somewhere else. And at some point in time, you have to like stop, hit the brakes and say, what am I going to focus on? And I'm going to just go all in, you know, exactly that that's it. It, It's that, that short attention span has started to take over and started to impact careers. Careers, yeah. That if it doesn't happen overnight, you know, if it doesn't happen within the next week, the next month, I'm out of here and I'm going to the next place. It's that patience and how important patience is, is what sometimes people will miss. They'll say, oh, it's so much easier to go to Austin or so much easier to go to New York. I can go and make it overnight. You know, boom, done there, I made it. But when you get there and you don't, and you get there and it's so much harder than you thought it was going to be at this new place, because now you're having to find a new place to live. You're having to meet brand new people. You're having to go to brand new different events. You're having to go to brand new different functions. So much new is happening that you may also not give yeah. yourself enough time yeah. there yeah. to really make yeah. it. Or you, really you know find what that's all passion. called? It's excuses. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. You're making excuses 100%. for yourself. It's You're making an I, excuse for not achieving your greatness. I was actually... Uh, a hard sell for my dad whenever I graduated because I want I thought it was the whole white picket fence thing like I was going to study at LSU and I was going to be working for you know EDSA big landscape architecture firm I could go to China I could go to Florida I could go to Houston I can go to California and I was about to do that and then it's so funny in college it's like you know my dad gave me the offer I couldn't refuse which was like a, a forerunner right <laughs> I, I mean it's it's a joke but you know, I think that my dad did allow me to understand, you know, opportunity where it presents itself. And sometimes, you know, people ignore that because they have, they think that their passions is somewhere else. Yeah. You know, but they're not. It's it's like, hey, you have to go and do the grind. You know, right. you have to, to work through the fact that you as the business owner will have to clean some toilets. Oh, yeah. You have sure. to work through the hard times to get the best of times. Yeah. You know, you don't just wake up all of a sudden one day and it's it's no. an overnight success. The the best overnight success is five years in the making. Yeah. And I mean, I just, everybody's definition of success is just different. hundred percent. Like, I mean, you know, like what is success, right? It's like, okay, is it the house, the car? Is all, I mean, no, I what mean, is it? Is I, it? I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. just, for me, it's trying to find my potential, you know, and like what, you know, that is success for me, but it's, it's defined different for other people. And I think that's, that's the one that people need to define for themselves first of what success means to them. And then they can start churning at what they want to do. But, you know, absolutely. Success is bizarre for a lot of people. I think the reason being is because most of the time, people might have a dollar figure attached to success. You know, they might say, oh, I will see myself successful if I'm making X a year. Right. Or I'm making 10X a year. Whatever the, it's it's a number number. in your head. Yeah. But my follow-up to them would always be, okay, so once you get that number, then what? How much is enough? Wouldn't it, even even if you get the maximum you're going to get, then what? Yeah. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. Once you, it's it's like the, the story of the dog chasing the car. Right. It'll always chase the chase, car, yeah. but it has no idea yeah. what to do with it once it's caught it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's the success is a, a, a very tricky definition for others, and it, but it's also a motivator. 
you yeah. know, to get to get to where you want to go. It's I need I need X because that'll give me the life I want with my family yeah. and kids. Yeah. I want to travel. Yeah. If I'm not married, yeah. it'll give me the life to yeah. travel. It'll give yeah. me the life to go and do these adventures, or it'll just give me the life to build a hobby. Yeah, start a podcast. Yeah. You never know, right? Yeah, I you mean, know? The, you know, success and and the you're talking about money. I mean, that is a measurement. That is a part of the equation. Um, but for some people, more important for for others. But I mean. You know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to make a, a beautiful life for each other and for everyone else. Yeah. You we're know? trying to live up to our fullest potential right. and yeah. be the best that we can. Yep. Yeah. That that's my definition of success, you know, is is uh achieving my full the the process of achieving my full potential. Because that I think that that's the key is the enjoying that process of it's not get it you're never going to reach your full potential it's almost like trying to do something like perfect right you're, you're like you're not going to get it's there. never going to be perfect it's the right process of right because yes. we're we're in a process all the time ever changing you know nothing's the same i mean things change in an instant it's that process of you have to love the process and the journey before you can even love the reward right Right. You know, if you're like, if you're just going after this carrot or this, this treat, right. this reward, and you don't, and you're miserable the entire time, when you get it, you're going to be so burnt out and yeah. so exhausted. You yeah. won't even be able to enjoy yeah. it. But if you, it goes back to that passion, yeah, full circled in the yeah. conversation, yeah. you know, going back to that passion, what do you love to do and what can you stick out doing, doing it. Yeah. for the time frame that it requires Fires. to achieve your goal? And that's what you want to be doing. See, I don't even know why you have me on this podcast. I mean, like, you just do it all great yourself. Yeah. Well, I need somebody, somebody to bring it yeah, out. Yeah, there right? you, you go. Know? There you we go. need other people to bring out the best within us. There you us. go. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so, you know, starting to wrap up the show, we, we talked about you as a kid and what you love to do. You know, you love to ride your bike. You mm-hmm. love to, you're a curious kid, mm-hmm. right? What is something that you did as a kid that you wish you could still do today if no one stopped you? Oh man, just riding around in go karts full throttle. Yes, <laughs> right. I mean, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, go karts. Like the oh friend, my gosh. The friend in the neighborhood that always had the go kart. Like was, you just, you know, everybody hated it, but you just had the go kart, man. Oh, so, that we. Yeah. So I grew yeah. up. I'm the. I'm four out of five siblings, okay. right? I have two older bros, older sister, and a younger sister. So I'm like the baby boy. Yeah. And we had a, we got a go kart for Christmas, and that thing. So you were the family with it. We were the family yeah. of five kids with the go kart. Yeah. But the sad part was it was a two seater, and we were three boys. Yeah. So we had to learn sharing yeah. real early. So you were like <laughs> driving the go kart, and you could like mess with the governor in the back and just wide open. Remember what governor? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> hey, you just took that thing off. I, I think now the new go kart is four wheelers, man. I, I, I swear, I think I'm hitting kids with four, <laughs> trying to avoid kids with four wheelers and yeah. subdivisions. All, it's all, it's all where technology's yeah. evolved, man. Right, yeah. Technology's evolved. Yeah. So what is, what is something I can do to help you? Oh man, I I don't know. Just have me on here. Uh, Beyond beyond that, that. I keep on getting that answer. I need something more. Uh, I need you to go deeper with that. No, just help me understand, help other people understand that we're really building a, a company, you know, a housing company, you know, to build communities for others. So it's not just a house. It's, it's a place to raise your family and doing it in an efficient and affordable way, you know, and um, to understand that we're not only just, you know, helping a family, uh, we're not only helping my team members at Alvarez Construction, but we're also supporting this huge economy that we have called the United States of America. 
Right. So, I mean, it's a global, it's a, it's a national thing. So it's just, we don't just build houses. We're just really trying to move forward in the correct way. So that, that would be my, my ask is to, whenever you speak to someone, say, hey, I, I met with, you know, the chief operating officer of Alvarez Construction. Man, they have a great organization over there. They're really trying to help, you know, humanity, you know, in, in a very cohesive way. Absolutely. Well, I can, that's, I can definitely do yeah, that for yeah, sure. Awesome. What, um, where can people find you? Uh, AlvarezConstruction.com. That is where we capture everything. I know we're on Facebook, you know, we're on Instagram, Insta. Uh, the, you're the, on the Insta? On the, on the Insta. <laughs> you know, we're not, uh, we're trying to get onto other platforms. We're pushing our, our LinkedIn a lot so we can show, show off our team because that's important for us. And so, you know, AlvarezConstruction.com, that's where we can, you can, you can find us or, or Facebook. We're very active on Facebook. We're trying to throw a lot of video up nowadays uh, to highlight all of our new communities, the, the 13 communities that are, that are coming. Absolutely. Uh, for, 13, yeah, 13 in the works. 13 in the works. So Baton Rouge, uh, Ascension Parish, Central, uh, the North Shore, which encompasses Madisonville, Covington, uh, that Goodby area. So, yeah, we, we got a lot of things going on. I love it, man. Yeah, thank I love you. It. Well, we're we're going to link everything up in the show notes for those listening to the podcast. Awesome. For those on Facebook, we're going to link everything up as well in all of the comments and everything of that nature. And those actually watching us on YouTube or whatever platform it may be, check the show description. They're going to have links to the website. We're going to have links to their social media pages. Thank you. And just click on them. Go check them out. If you need a house built or you want to get in one of their communities, be sure and check them out as well. So, Sebastian, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for, for coming us. on. Yeah, thank I you. Really, I really appreciate your yeah, time. Yeah, had a great time. And coming out here. It was fun. Awesome. You see, it wasn't, see, it was, it was, it was relaxed. It, I mean, it might've been the beer that you offered me. So well, you know, there's a reason we do it at a bar. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all that are listening or watching, thank y'all so very much. This has been season three, episode three of the Patty G show with Alvarez construction. Thank y'all so very much and good night. Good night.